Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 78A of the Bible Reading Podcast. Yes, that's right. We're going to do a two-part episode today. This is the first part, and in this part, we're just going to read the scripture. Now, the reason for this is because our discussion today, which is going to be part B, might run a little bit long. We are talking about an episode in John seven fifty three through eight eleven, which is known as the Pericope Adulterae, or the story of the woman caught in adultery. In that story, some some scribes and Pharisees bring to Jesus a woman that has been caught in the act of adultery, and they say, Moses' law says we should kill her. What do you say? And Jesus basically ignores their question, and when pushed, he says, whichever one of you is without sin, let him cast the first stone. Now, they realize that all of them are sinners, and they go away. It's an amazing story, but the problem is our earliest manuscripts don't have that story in it of the book of John. And so the question has arisen for hundreds of years, was that originally in the Gospel of John? Did it really happen? And it just so happens that this is an area that I've studied pretty extensively, and a few years ago I wrote a long paper on it, so I might have a bit to say about that issue, and so I don't want to uh, make uh, this one particular podcast way too long. So we're going to talk about the scripture in this podcast, and we're going to talk about the mystery of the woman caught in the in adultery in part B of this podcast. So this is, other than this one little introduction part, this Part A is all about reading the scriptures, and we're going to start with Exodus chapter 29, verse 1. This is what you are to do for them, to consecrate them, to serve me as priest. Take a young bull and two unblemished rams with unleavened bread, unleavened cakes mixed with oil, and unleavened wafers coated with oil. Make them out of fine wheat flour, put them in a basket, and bring them in the basket, along with a bull and two rams. Bring Aaron and his sons to the entrance to the tent of meeting, and wash them with water. Then take the garments and clothe Aaron with the tunic, the robe for the ephod, the ephod itself, and the breastpiece. Fasten the ephod on him with its woven waistband. Put the turban on his head and place the holy diadem on the turban. Take the anointing oil, pour it on his head, and anoint him. You must also bring his sons and clothe them with tunics. Tie the sashes on Aaron and his sons and fashion headbands on them. The priest is to be theirs by a priesthood, is to be theirs by a permanent statue. This is the way you will ordain Aaron and his sons. You are to bring the bull to the front of the tent of meeting, and Aaron and his sons must lay their hands on the bull's head. Slaughter the bull before the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting. Take some of the bull's blood and apply it to the horns of the altar with your finger, then pour out all the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. Take all the fat that covers the entrails, the fatty lobe of the liver, and the two kidneys with fat on them, and burn them on the altar." But burn the bull's flesh, its hide, and its waste outside the camp. It is a sin offering. Take one ram, and Aaron and his sons are to lay their hands on the ram's head. You are to slaughter the ram, take its blood, and splatter it on all sides of the altar. Cut the ram into pieces, wash its entrails and legs, and place them with its head 
and its pieces on the altar. Then burn the whole ram on the altar. It is a burnt offering to the Lord. It is a pleasing aroma, a fire offering to the Lord. You are to take the second ram, and Aaron and his sons must lay their hands on the ram's head. Slaughter the ram, take some of its blood, and put it on Aaron's right earlobe, on his son's right earlobes, and on the thumbs of their right hands and the big toes of their right feet. Splatter the remaining blood on the sides of the altar. Take some of the blood that is on the altar and some of the anointing oil and sprinkle them on Aaron in his garments, as well as on his sons in their garments. So he and his garments will be holy as well as his sons in their garments." Take the fat from the ram, the fat tail, the fat covering the entrails, the fatty lobe of the liver, the two kidneys and the fat on them, and the right thigh, since this is a ram for ordination. Take one loaf of bread, one cake of bread made with oil, and one wafer from the basket of unleavened bread that is before the Lord, and put all of them in the hands of Aaron and his sons, and present them as a presentation offering before the Lord." Take them from their hands and burn them on the altar on top of the burnt offering as a pleasing aroma before the Lord. It is a fire offering to the Lord. Take the breast from the ram of Aaron's ordination and present it as a presentation offering before the Lord. It is to be your portion. Consecrate for Aaron and his sons the breast of the presentation offering that is presented and the thigh of the contribution that is lifted up from the ram of ordination. This will belong to Aaron and his sons as a regular portion from the Israelites for it is a contribution. It will be the Israelites' contribution from their fellowship sacrifices, their contribution to the Lord. The holy garments that belong to Aaron are to belong to his sons after him, so that they can be anointed and ordained in them. Any priest who is one of his sons and who succeeds him and enters the tent of meeting to minister in the sanctuary must wear them for seven days. You are to take the ram of ordination and boil its flesh in a holy place. Aaron and his sons are to eat the meat of the ram and the bread that is in the basket at the entrance to the tent of meeting. They must eat these things by which atonement was made at the time of their ordination and consecration. An unauthorized person must not eat them, for these things are holy. If any of the meat of ordination or any of the bread is left until morning, burn what is left over. It must not be eaten because it is holy." This is what you are to do for Aaron and his sons based on all I have commanded you. Take seven days to ordain them. Sacrifice a bull as a sin offering each day for atonement. Purify the altar when you make atonement for it and anoint it in order to consecrate it. For seven days you must make atonement for the altar and consecrate it. The altar will be especially holy. Whoever touches the altar will be consecrated. This is what you are to offer regularly on the altar every day. Two-year-old lambs. In the morning, offer one lamb, and at twilight, offer the other lamb. With the first lamb, offer two quarts of fine flour mixed with one quart of oil from crushed olives and a drink offering of one quart of wine. You are to offer the second lamb at twilight. Offer a grain offering and a drink offering with it, like the one in the morning, as a pleasing aroma, a fire offering to the Lord. This will be a regular burnt offering throughout your generations at the entrance to the tent of meeting before the Lord, where I will meet you to speak with you. I will also meet with the Israelites there, and that place will be consecrated by my glory. I will consecrate the tent of meeting and the altar. I will also consecrate Aaron and his sons to serve me as priests. I will dwell among the Israelites and be their God, and they will know that I am the Lord their God who brought them up out of the land of Egypt so that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. 
Proverbs chapter 5, verse 1, My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Listen closely to my understanding so that you may maintain discretion and your lips safeguard knowledge. Though the lips of the forbidden woman drip honey and her words are smoother than oil, in the end she is as bitter as wormwood and as sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps head straight for Sheol. She doesn't consider the path of life, she doesn't know that her ways are unstable. So now, sons, listen to me and don't turn away from the words from my mouth. Keep your way far from her, don't go near the door of her house, otherwise you will give up your vitality to others." and your years to someone cruel. Strangers will drain your resources, and your hard-earned pay will end up in a foreigner's house. At the end of your life, you will lament when your physical body has been consumed, and you say, how I hated discipline, and how my heart despised correction. I didn't obey my teachers or listen closely to my instructors. I am on the verge of complete ruin before the entire community." Drink water from your own cistern, water flowing from your own well. Should your springs flow in the streets, streams in the public squares? They should be for you alone and not for you to share with strangers. Let your fountain be blessed and take pleasure in the wife of your youth. A loving deer, a graceful doe, let her breasts always satisfy you. Be lost in her love forever. Why, my son, would you lose yourself with a forbidden woman or embrace a wayward woman? For a man's ways are before the Lord's eyes, and he considers all his paths. A wicked man's iniquities will trap him. He will become tangled in the ropes of his own sin. He will die because there is no discipline and be lost because of his great stupidity. John chapter 8 verse 1 But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn he went to the temple again, and all the people were coming to him. He sat down and began to teach them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery, making her stand in the center. Teacher, they said to him, this woman was caught in the act of committing adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? They asked this to trap him in order that they might have evidence to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and started writing on the ground with his finger. When they persisted in questioning him, he stood up and said to them, The one without sin among you should be the first to throw a stone at her. Then he stooped down again and continued writing on the ground. When they heard this, they left one by one, starting with the older men. Only he was left with the woman in the center. When Jesus stood up, he said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, Lord, she answered. Neither do I condemn you, said Jesus. Go, and from now on do not sin any more. Jesus spoke to them again. I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, You are testifying about yourself. Your testimony is not valid. Even if I testified... Testify about myself, Jesus replied. My testimony is true because I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you don't know where I come from or where I'm going. You judge my human standards. I judge no one. And if I do judge, my judgment is true because it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. Even in your law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am the one who testifies about myself, and the Father who sent me testifies about me. Then they asked him, Where is your father? You know neither me nor my father, Jesus answered. If you knew me, you would also know my father. 
He spoke these words by the treasury while teaching in the temple, but no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Then he said to them again, I am going away. You will look for me and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said again, He won't kill himself, will he, since he says, Where I'm going, you cannot come. You are you are from below, he told them. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Therefore I told you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Who are you? they questioned. Exactly what I've been telling you from the beginning, Jesus told them. I have many things to say and to judge about you, but the one who sent me is true, and what I have heard from him, these things I tell the world. They did not know he was speaking to them about the Father, so Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own, just as the Father taught me. I say these things. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, because I always do what pleases him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We are descendants of Abraham, they answered him, and we've never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say we will become free? Jesus responded, Truly I tell you, everyone who commits a sin is a slave of sin. A slave does not remain in the household forever, but a son does remain forever. So if the son sets you free, you really will be free. I know you are descendants of Abraham, but you are trying to kill me because my word has no place among you. I speak what I have seen in the presence of the Father. So then, you do what you have heard from your father." Our father is Abraham, they replied. If you were Abraham's children, Jesus told them, you would do what Abraham did, but now you are trying to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You're doing what your father does. We weren't born out of sexual immorality, they said. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, because I came from God and I am here, for I didn't come on my own, but he sent me. Why don't you understand what I say? Because you cannot listen to my word. You are of the father, your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature, because he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Who among you can convict me of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? The one who is from God listens to God's words. This is why you don't listen, because you are not from God. The Jews responded to him, Aren't we right in saying that you're a Samaritan and you have a demon? I do not have a demon, Jesus answered. On the contrary, I honor my father and you dishonor me. I did not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it and judges. Truly, I tell you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Then the Jews said, now we know you have a demon. Abraham died, and so did all the prophets. You say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. 
Are you greater than our father Abraham who died? And the prophets who died, who do you claim to be? If I glorify myself, Jesus answered, my glory is nothing. My father, about whom you say he is our God, he is the one who glorifies me. You do not know him, but I know him. If I were to say I don't know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. The Jews replied, You aren't fifty years old yet, and you've seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus was hidden and went out of the temple. Galatians chapter 4 verse 1. Now I say that as long as the heir is a child, he differs in no way from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. Instead, he is under guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were in slavery under the elements of the world. When the time came to completion, God has sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then God has made you an heir. But in the past, since you didn't know God, you were enslaved to things that by nature are not God's. But now, since you know God, or rather have become known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elements? Do you want to be enslaved to them all over again? You're observing special days and months and seasons and years. I'm fearful for you that perhaps my labor for you has been wasted. I beg you, brothers and sisters, become like me, for I also became like you. You've not wronged me. You know that I previously preached the gospel to you because of a weakness of the flesh. You did not despise or reject me, though my physical condition was a trial for you. On the contrary, you received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus himself. Himself. Where then is your blessing? For I testified to you that, if possible, you would have torn out your eyes and given to the me, them to me. So then, have I become your enemy because I told you the truth? They court you eagerly, but not for good. They want to exclude you from me so that you wouldn't pursue them. But it is always good to be pursued in a good matter, and not just when I am with you, my children. I am again suffering labor pains for you until Christ is formed in you. I would like to be with you right now and change my tone of voice, because I don't know what to do about you. Tell me, you who want to be under the law, don't you hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave and the other by a free one. But the one by the slave was born as a result of the flesh, while the one by the free woman was born through promise. These things are being taken figuratively, for the women represent two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai and bears children into slavery. This is Hagar. Now, Hagar represents Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, childless woman, unable to give birth. Burst into song and shout, you who are not in labor. For the children of the desolate woman will be many. 
more numerous than those of the woman who has a husband? Now you too, brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of promise, but just as then the child born as a result of the flesh persecuted the one born as a result of the Spirit, so also now. But what does the Scripture say? Drive out the slave woman and her son, for the son of the slave will never be co-heir with the son of the free woman. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are not children of a slave, but of the free woman. All right, brothers and sisters, that was the scripture reading today. I would encourage you to download and listen to part two of this, where we're going to discuss that episode with Jesus and the woman caught in adultery in detail. Good day to you and Godspeed.